open them up to Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10, 37 through 39. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. And it says this, Jesus said these words. He said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, today I want to share with you five enemies of the cross. Five enemies of the cross that Satan tries to get the church caught up in. We as Christians, we recognize that, that Satan and, and evil spirits, they're our spiritual enemies, and that we wrestle against them on this earth, right? Ephesians chapter 6 says that. But today I want to give you five things that Satan and evil spirits promote in the lives of Christians that it is an enemy to you taking up your cross and following the Lord Jesus Christ. These five enemies, like I said, they will keep you, I'm telling you, they will keep you from fulfilling the will of God for your life. And if any of these five points are active in your life right now, your spiritual life is hindered from moving forward with God. So take notes, pay close attention here. Five enemies of the cross. Now, I want you to notice these points, they are all rooted in deception. Have you figured out by now that the enemy operates on deception? Everything he does is rooted in deception, okay? All right, so number one. The first enemy of the cross is doubt. Doubt. The devil tries to make you question God's word and his goodness. There is a reason why Satan fights the faith message so hard. Could it be that he knows the power that is in faith? The power when you have true faith in the word of the living God. He knows that power. So what does he do? He throws fiery darts into your mind. And the first enemy is doubt. And it is huge. Could it be that the enemy knows that absolute trust and faith in God's word will make every doubt and insecurity in your life vanish away? Sure he does. Starve your doubts and feed your faith. Remember that. Starve your doubts and feed your faith with God's word. That is the way. You starve your doubts and you feed your faith and it all comes from one source, the Word of God. And if you lost your hunger for the Word of God, like I said many times before, force feed yourself. Force feed the Word of God. You you know it's impossible to overdose on the Word of God? It is impossible to overdose on the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I hear some... Some ignorant Christians, when I say ignorant, I mean those that are lacking knowledge. I hear some ignorant Christians say, I can't have faith. Or, I don't know if I can have faith. But do you understand that your whole salvation is riding on, is dependent upon your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross? You understand that? I mean, they they say, well, I have faith that when I pass away from this earth, I'm going to live in heaven for eternity. But any of the other promises, forget it. They don't have the faith for it. Why? Amen? Plus, God would not require you to have faith if it were not possible for you to have faith. Think about it. He's a just God. Amen? In fact, the whole Christian life is a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. I was talking to someone yesterday and, and just reminding them that the trial that they're going through, that faith is the thing that carries you through to when the answer manifests in the natural. That faith and patience are twins. You can't have one without the other. Why? Because faith is the very thing that you need in the waiting room of life. 
Are you hearing me? So it's not a question of if God's going to come through. That's not the question. The question is how long are you going to hold on until the answer comes through in the natural? Are you hearing me? The whole Christian life is a walk of faith. It is a lifestyle. The, the partaking of salvation and the benefits of the cross are dependent upon your faith in the word of God. Don't ever forget this. Doubt, which is really unbelief, doubt and unbelief will short-circuit the power of God in your life. It will short-circuit the power of God in your life. Go to Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14. Verses 25 through 31. Powerful account here that illustrates the power of faith. And also the power of doubt and unbelief. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And Peter, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go out to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, He was afraid, there's the turning point, and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when when they got back and got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Jesus rebuked Peter for doubting the integrity of his word. Think about that. Jesus rebuked Peter for doubting the integrity of the word, of his word. Jesus is the word, right? So you could say if you're doubting a promise in the word, you're doubting Jesus. For all the benefits and promises come through Jesus. Think about this. So fear entered Peter when he took his eyes off of Jesus and on the storm. Fear and doubt are twins. Doubt didn't show up until fear came first. Think about this. The devil will constantly try to put thoughts in your head telling you that, come on, I don't know why I got to say this, are telling you that you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit and that you can't pray in tongues. But Overcome those attacks in your mind by letting your spirit man take charge over your natural mind. Just start praying in tongues more. Start laying hands on the sick even more when the devil comes against you. Let those attacks motivate you to do more for the Lord Jesus Christ. If the devil's trying to convince you that you have not received the Holy Spirit baptism when you ask God for him, And that you did not get a prayer language. And you can rejoice because you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you do have a prayer language. Now listen to me. If you didn't have those benefits, he would just try to tell you that you had them. To keep you from pressing in more. Think about it. (laughs) You know. The devil is stupid. He's foolish. Think about it. If you didn't have those benefits, he would just try to tell you that you had them to keep you from moving forward and pressing in. He would tell you that you have received all of the Holy Spirit at salvation. Come on. The only way you will ever be able to counter the attacks in, of the enemy is with the word of God and knowing the word of the living God. That is, you, the word of God is your, your only we- offensive weapon, really. Uh, think about it. All of your faith, if faith is so powerful and your faith needs to be in this book right here. Are you hearing me? Why? I mean, why do you think that this book is 
come against so hard by the enemy. Yet, it's the best-selling book on the planet. Isn't that amazing? So you need to press in. You need to get busy doing what you're doing. Uh, by the way, Jesus said, you know, if, if you ask, if you ask God for a for a fish, He's not going to give you a serpent, right? We need to have childlike faith in the Word of God. Say childlike faith. So if you don't know the word of God, the devil, he, he can just twist, he can pervert scriptures to you all day long, and you take the bait, and you don't know the difference. Someone, I'm telling you, someone can come along, and, and they can say something, you know, one of, the, one of the worst things to do is to go surf the internet about a certain topic sometimes on the, on, in, from the word. Some people found that out. Right? I mean, the enemy uses the internet, by the way. I don't know if you found that out or not. That's why you can't be, be seeking the internet. What you need to be seeking is the word of God. Amen. This is what your faith is up, has to be upon. This is where your lifestyle has to come from right here. Amen. Not, not some punk on the internet who's going to try to feed you deception. Amen. Doubt is a robber. Therefore, it is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Number two, the next enemy of the cross is discouragement. How many of you in here have ever been discouraged in life? The devil tries to magnify your problems by keeping you focused on them rather than on God. He tries to make you feel like you're a failure so that you won't even try. He wants you to throw in the towel. Satan is the promoter of hopelessness and discouragement. If the enemy is the promoter of hopelessness and discouragement, God is the author and promoter of hope. Because Satan is promoting everything that God stands for. If you want to, hey, you want to know what God stands for? Just see what's com- what the enemy's coming against. Oh man, I can't drive this. Discouragement is an epidemic in the body of Christ. Look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Discouragement. Like I said, all of these things I'm going to mention today, they're all rooted in deception. Say deception. It's deception. There is no situation that you're going through that's bigger than God and his written word. Yes. There's nothing that you're going through that Satan or any person can bring against you. That the blood of Jesus Christ can't take care of or the name of Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. A future and a hope. There is no such thing as a hopeless case on this earth. No such thing. Like I said, again, discouragement is based upon deception. Because if you were thinking in line with the word of God, those lies would just would bounce off you like rubber. Are you hearing me? That's where you got to feed on the word. you got to feed on the word. It's got to be part of you. I mean, you got to eat, live, and breathe the word of the living God. How many of you know you've been to that place where you're so full of the word, someone can say something to you or you can read something and immediately it's like that internal alarm goes off saying, that's not right. Why? Because you're so filled with the word that, I mean, it's like a detector. It detects that your discernment is so sharp. Anyone can say some kind of deception to you and you're like, yeah, right. 
you, you just let that bounce right off. That's why on, on, on these topics, and, uh, healing and all that, that's, when someone tries to come uh, in and tell me, well, you know, healing stopped. When it, I'm like, man, you, let me just tell you right now, save your stinking breath. Because I'm convinced it's in the word. Don't, don't even waste your breath. See, fill yourself with the word of God until it overflows out of your mouth. But if you could get a glimpse into the spirit realm, this trial that you're going through, if you could get a glimpse in the spirit realm and see how God is working on your behalf, come on, you would be filled with joy and peace. You, I'm telling you, it's only when we switch into the flesh is when we get out of that peace because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. You've taken your eyes off the written word of God. That's what's meant by walking or living in the spirit. The things of the spirit realm are more real to you, more of a reality to you than things that are happening to you in the natural. Are you hearing me? How many of you want to live a supernatural life? Then it begins with the word of God as a Christian. It begins with the word of God. When you choose not to get discouraged by what you see, by what you feel, and what you hear, it makes the devil furious. Do you understand that? You want to make the devil mad today? Ignore him and put all your affection on the written word of God. All of your affection. It makes him furious. Because he's a flesh devil. You know what I mean by that? That's the only way he's going to come against you is through your flesh. Because he knows the flesh is an enemy of God. You understand that? The devil wants you to try to process everything with your natural mind. Again, he operates in deception. He operates in deception. Go to Philippians 4 real quick. This wasn't in here in my notes, but Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Listen to this. Finally, brethren, Christians, whatever things are true... Oh, you mean there's some things that happen in your life that is a deception from the enemy? Sure. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Fill your mind. Fill yourself with these things things a good report i'm telling you right now if you're going to look for a good report you're not going to find it in this stinking world system the only place you're going to find a good report is in the written word of god that's where your good report lies and is waiting for you to take it by faith the hand of faith amen Discouragement is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Number three, the next enemy of the cross is diversion. The devil tries to make the wrong things seem more attractive so you will want them more than the right things. Say decoy. This is when people in the body of Christ can go in the ditch, spiritually speaking. Let me give you an example, all right? How about when, when a certain church stands at a street corner and protests a war in Iraq? They get so consumed with the wrong things that it takes them away from the right things as Christians. Come on. If they would read their Bibles, they would see that God indeed did permit wars against evil men and evil kingdoms. 
And by the way, Saddam Hussein fit that category. If they would read their Bibles, they would also understand that true peace would not be manifested on the earth until the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me, somebody? And that evil must be confronted and dealt with. When Jesus showed up on the scene on this earth over 2,000 years ago, he said these words. He said he didn't come to bring peace to the world, but a sword. A sword. A sword to separate those who are with him. A sword to separate those who are against him. Some people in the body of Christ have not figured that out yet. Some people who think they're in the body of Christ haven't figured that out yet. Jesus did, though. Jesus did come to give peace to his followers in their hearts. But not peace to the world system as a whole. Are you following me? We live in an evil world. Diversion is a failure to make first things first in your life. It is a perversion of priorities for the Christian. So what's the diversion there in that, in that illustration? That church is, that is protesting the war should use that energy and boldness to hold up signs about the Lord Jesus Christ at that corner. Why don't they hold signs up against abortion? Oh, because they're for abortion. Children of the devil. But Satan has them duped. Satan has them wasting their time on an issue that's not worth the paper that the message is written on. Diversion is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Put right priorities first. How would you like it if someone misrepresented you? Even though there's children of the devil standing on that street corner, they're still looked at as a church. They're misrepresenting the God, the true and living God. And they're going to be held accountable for that. I mean, how, how do you think God feels when so-called Christians protest a war that is protecting innocent people from being murdered and raped by an evil dictator? Or when so-called Christians are pro-choice giving donations to Planned Parenthood? Or when Christians get entertained by witchcraft. It is sad to say, but some churches are helping people to go to hell rather than leading them in the narrow path to the Lord Jesus Christ. They would rather push their liberal agenda more than God's agenda. And friends, I'm telling you right now, they don't know God. They don't know the true and living God. Again, let me just tell you, you've got to say this. Everyone that calls himself a Christian is not a Christian. Any more than me standing in my garage makes me a car. Right? Just because someone shows up at a church doesn't make, make them a Christian. Amen? That's why we got to daily examine our hearts, examine our lives. In this generation, we are seeing what the Bible is calling the great falling away. People have itching ears, the Bible says. They would rather hear something that agrees with their traditions and flesh rather than hearing the truth of God's word. Don't you be the one that falls away. Don't you be the one that falls away because of pride in your heart. We need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, right? If there's correction, let's just take it. 
the Bible says that one of the things the word of God is for is for rebuke, right? We need it. We all need it. So diversion is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Next, what's the next enemy? Division. Division. The devil tries to sow division or discord in the body of Christ to stop the flow of God's anointing. It is a break in the pipeline between heaven and earth. Think about this. Division is such an epidemic in the body of Christ that the Holy Spirit through Paul, even back in Paul's day, in Romans 16, 17 said, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Let let me read this again now. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses. By the way, this is not talking about standing up for the truth of God's word. Are you hearing me? It's not talking about standing up for righteousness. All right? So don't try to twist that scripture. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting. Church discipline. Say church discipline. How do you think that would fly in this day and age? Well, it still does apply, by the way. That's why I had to call some people out. I, or a person recently out because this person was sowing division, was sowing discord. Are you hearing me? You've got to stop that spiritual cancer. Well, because some people are gullible enough to swallow that sewer. Are you hearing me? It says, note those. Note those. Hey, by the way, that person is, is sowing division. That person is, is sowing. Are you hearing me? See what I mean? It goes over like a lead balloon. You don't want to get called out? Then don't sow division or discord in the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? So he's talking about anything outside of the apostolic teaching from the word of God. Anybody who's sowing false teachings. Are you hearing me? By the way, God is not the creator of denominations in the body of Christ. Did you know? Oh, well, my, my, my. We're going to slay a sacred cow here, aren't we? My, my, my. All right. <laughs> Listen, now, I'm not saying they're evil. Did I say they're evil? No. All I'm saying is God did not create denominations. That's all I'm saying. There are denominations that are doing awesome work for God. I just simply said God did not create denominations in the body of Christ. The Bible doesn't mention any denominations. Are you hearing me, somebody? But simply the church or the body of Christ. Think about this now. Denominations are man-made. How could God be so divided in beliefs? He isn't. Man is. Think about this. Some believe that spiritual gifts are active today. Some don't. Talking about churches now. Some some baptize children. Some don't. Some think there's nothing wrong with Harry Potter books and movies. Some don't. Some replace Jesus with Mary and other dead saints as a mediator. Some don't. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Can you see all the man-made stuff in here? That's why I'm saying God is not the creator of that. On any given truth in the word of God, there's one truth, not many truths. You know what that tells me? Someone's right and someone's wrong. Is Is that reasonable to say? 
It, I mean, someone's right, someone's wrong, on, especially on what I just mentioned. Either spiritual gifts are for today, or they're not. It can't be both. Yeah, then you're getting into the new age stuff where, you know, you believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I believe, we're all right. We're just all right. It's stupid. No, why can't the body of Christ just come to the realization? You know, these are two separate beliefs that cannot coexist. They both can't be right. Someone's right, someone's wrong. I'm not saying I'm right on everything. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is what this should do is make us drive deeper in the word. And let's get some answers to these things that we disagree on. Right? I mean, is that wrong to say? Is that offensive to say? No. It's common sense. You know, I, sometimes I wish, you know, let's, let's, body of Christ around the world, let's, let's rent a huge stadium. Let's, let's, let's have a Christian Woodstock. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go out here. Let's all gather together in one place and let's talk about these things and search through the word together. So the world doesn't look at us like a bunch of idiots. Cults and false religions have more unity than the body of Christ. Is this not sad to somebody in here? Think about it. It's going to be my fellow Rama alumni here in two years, right? Hallelujah. There is one truth, not many truths. Now, the sad thing is there's some in the body of Christ around here that would, they hear me say this on the radio or something, it, you know, they're, they're going to say, what? That guy, how dare he? I'm trying to bring the body together. Let's come together. But our only source of spiritual unity is the word of God. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't walk into a Catholic church and be in spiritual unity with them people. Did I say I don't love them? No, of course I love them. I sincerely love them, but I think in many parts they're sincerely wrong. Just not in line with the word. So the word of God has to be our base. Will I treat a Catholic bad? Will I treat some of these people? In the- no. You know, look, you people who have hung with me in person, you know I'm a riot to be around. But listen, when it comes to spiritual things and the seriousness of spiritual things, because this, I'm talking heaven or hell. I've got to be serious about this. We've got to. And you know what? It is going to cause offense. Someone who's held on to a false belief all of their life, you better believe when they're confronted with the word of God and and the truth, you better believe walls go up at first. How many of us who have, I was raised in that, you know, I mean, where you don't, didn't necessarily believe in the uh, many doctrines and many of you have. Now, when you were first confronted with it, didn't, weren't you like, oh, come on, okay, this goes a little bit against what mommy and daddy taught me, uh, you know, I, I, am I, oh, it's a wall, isn't it? It's a wall that you've got to break through, and that's where, Matthew 10, you know, that's where Jesus said, you've got to love me more than your mother and father. You've got to love me more than your son and daughter. You've got to put Jesus Christ first. Amen. But like I said, you know, it's no wonder why the world looks at the body of Christ questioning the division, questioning all the cliques. We've got to come together. I mean, we've got to, we've got to search these different doctrines out where there's major dividing lines. And the, the unity has to be based on the word of God. But you know one of the biggest hindrances to that is? Is pride. Pride in people's hearts. Many people just don't want to admit, I swallowed the wrong doctrine for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. All right? All right. 
God never intended for there to be division or separation of beliefs within the body of Christ. Do you understand that? God never intended for there to be division or separation of beliefs within the body of Christ. Now, if all those things, if, if all of those things that I mentioned are all true, if, if everything's right, you know, I mean, that would mean that God changes his mind and he changes his way of doing things outside of his word. Well, that would violate Malachi 3.6 that says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. I do not change. The same doctrine that the early church believed in the book of Acts is the same doctrine today. That is powerful. The same. So where did the perversions come in? Can you see someone ask, well, why is there so many different denominations? Why are there so many beliefs? I said, because there's a real devil. And he's trying to throw the body of Christ off course. He's trying to stop the flow of the anointing. Can you imagine, people, everyone that was a Christian having the same basic core beliefs in the Word of God that is in the book of Acts? Can you imagine the power that would be loosed? This message has to go around the world. Are you hearing me? When you try to make a God that suits yourself, that's called the sin of idolatry. I say this to motivate Christians to study the word of God for themselves. Conform to the word of God. Don't make a God that will conform and suit your mindsets and traditions that are out of step with the word. I mean, some of these things, it's like, okay, well, you, okay, if you believe that, uh, water baptism is, is for infants? Fine, give me an example in the Bible where a baby was baptized. If someone can do that, you know what? I, you, you give me hardcore beliefs. and I, You know what I'm saying? They can't. They can't do it. But what's the preponderance of the evidence? Go to Acts 8. Someone needs to hear this. The very word baptize means immersion, fully dunked. You try doing that, your infant, guess what? CPS is going to be on your tail. You hearing me, somebody? <laughs> Acts eight thirty six through 39, child protective services, by the way. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, immersed, baptized, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught, caught Philip away. And so the eunuch saw him no more. And he went away on his way rejoicing. You've got to make the decision for Christ yourself before you can get baptized. Now you tell me, can an infant do that? No. There's not one example. Now why do I hammer on that point? Because I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to go here. Someone here, someone watching, someone listening on the radio needed to hear it. Amen? When you read through the book of Acts... It is very clear that, uh, clear from that, to, that, that they were all on the same page. You know what I'm saying? You can't read through the book of Acts and say, oh man, there's just major division here, you know, in, in beliefs. You can't. There was, there was absolute unity. And that's why the church was so powerful. Think about it. 1 Corinthians 1. Go there with me real quick. I think God takes this real seriously. Some people say, well, 
you know, if you want, if someone wants to believe that, just let them go. Why? Are we supposed to teach the word or not? Why, why would God even put it in there? Right? What a bonehead thing to say. Trying to belittle the doctrines in the word of God. I believe every doctrine is very important. And God, God cares about all the doctrines. And wants the church to be on the same page. Right? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly, uh, perfectly or maturely joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are some contentions among you. Now I say, that, now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos. Or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? God's not into denominations. He's into the body of Christ. He's into unity that's only based on the word. I'm a stickler on this. I'm telling you right now. Because I really, I really believe I'm feeling the heartbeat of God about this topic. We try to belittle it. Well, you know, hey, let them believe what they want to believe. Just a little different. Well, no. If I got word to back this thing up that you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? The problem with divisions, uh, division in beliefs in the body of Christ is this. People begin to associate themselves more with a denomination or an organization more, with, more than the word of God or the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you have seen that before? Are you a Christian? No, I'm Baptist, you know. Are you a Christian? No, I'm Catholic. I mean, come on, something's not right. Something's way out of line, guys. Right? Paul had to rebuke some people here. I, I don't care who the presiding bishop is over the denomination. We're talking, you've got to be based upon the Lord Jesus Christ in the written word of God. Amen. Great men of God like John Wesley and Martin Luther, they were used by God mightily to steer people back to God's word from mere traditions of men. Then what happens? A movement becomes a monument and the Lutheran and Methodist denominations were born. Are you hearing me? And I'm telling you right now, I think those denominations are far from what <laughs> these men of God intended. Are you hearing me? Probably a couple barrel rolls in their grave with some of the things that these denominations are taking hold of. Amen? That's why it's so important that you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and not a man. Not a, I'm telling you, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ and it's about the word of God. You stay focused on them two things, you're going to be safe. And I'm telling you, men and women of God, they will let you down. Have you figured that out yet? People are going to let you down. Let, let, let me just tell you that right now so you can... Lower the, or raise the bar of expectation, or lower it. You hearing me? They will let you down. I am going to let you down. There's going to be a time, if I haven't already, where I have let you down. And the offense comes because you put too much stock in me. People fall away from Christ because you put too much stock in people and not enough on the Lord Jesus Christ. You hearing me? I don't think, back to John Wesley and Martin Luther, I don't think their desire was to have a watered-down version of the gospel being preached and a toleration of sin and worldliness. Amen? Now, listen. Are you feeling my heart on this? 
I don't preach this from the pulpit to get people angry or upset at me. All right. My goal is to bring back unity in the body of Christ. And that unity, like I said, is only measured on the word of God. If Christians are going to wander outside of the word of God, there's going to be a division that's created. Division in the home or in your marriage is an enemy of the cross. All right, cross. First uh, Peter 3, 5 through 7 even tells us that our very prayers can be hindered if our marriage and home is out of order. All right. Division is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. The last point. What's the last enemy of the cross? Is delay. Delay. The devil tries to make you put off doing something so it never gets done. So it never gets done. You can be sure that when the devil whispers in your ear, you can pray later. Or you can share Christ with them later. You can be sure that he has no intention of you doing either one of those things. Matthew 18. I want to show you something here. Matthew 18. Verse 15. Say delay. Now, delay can go with a whole bunch of things, but I'm obviously only bringing up a couple things here with delay. But just apply it to anything else in your life that the Holy Spirit's bringing to your remembrance here that you have dealt with. Uh, Matthew 18, 15 says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you or offends you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Okay, then it goes on to give more instructions about that. But I want you to notice something here. Someone needs to hear this. I want you to notice that the offended individual is supposed to take the initiative toward reconciliation. Oh my. Another sacred cow. Listen to me. How many times have we been offended by someone and we wait around moping, hope? We, no, they be, they're going to come to me first. They're going to come to me. That big pride wall. You know what I'm saying? No, it says if you're offended, that the offended individual is supposed to take the initiative toward reconciliation. It didn't, by the way, it didn't say pray about it first. Man, I'm telling you what, in the name of prayer, so many things are, you know what I'm saying? Well, hey, can you do this in the church for me? Well, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. Oh, can you cover nursery? Hold on, I, you know, I really got to pray about that. <laughs> He's having, I love it. I love it. You're on fire. I love it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now go to Matthew 5. Go to Matthew 5. Oh, childlike faith. I love it, people. I love it. Just the innocence of childlike faith. Amen? Hallelujah. It's great. Matthew 5, 23 through 24, and I'm almost done. It says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Someone needs to hear this. Don't know who it is, someone does. But your delay in that, making things right, can, avo can void out the benefits of giving to the Lord. Think about it. Said, so leave your gift at the altar. Some reason, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that there's someone, yeah, 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 you're a giver, you're a giver, you're a giver, but there's something that you're holding on against. You need to leave that gift, you need to make things right, and when you make things right, you come back and you give. You're going to see breakthrough. Don't know who that is, but let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that, whoever it is. Delayed obedience. Is disobedience. 
delayed obedience is disobedience. So be quick to obey the word of God in the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Ghost is prompting you to go do something, to make things right. Obey. Quickly. You messed up. There's a sin in your life. Be quick to repent. Be quick to put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. And you let go of that thing. Don't go deep sea fishing for it. Come on, somebody. But the five enemies of the cross that I shared with you today are doubt, discouragement, diversion, division, and delay. They're all enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ, and they will hinder you from fulfilling the will of God for your life. So don't take the bait of Satan. Open your heart to the Holy Ghost today. Will you do that? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. We want to get rid of every enemy of the cross. Amen? Amen. Every enemy. Now, there might be someone in here today that you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're on the outside, you're looking in. Today is the day of salvation. While you have the chance, make Jesus Lord of your life. You don't know, I'm telling you, it don't matter. It don't matter if you're old, it don't matter if you're young. You you don't know when you're going to take your last breath on this earth. And you need to know that you know that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You can know that you're on your way to heaven after this life. You can know it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward by this drum set. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, you've fallen away. Yeah, you had somewhat of a a relationship at one time, but you know, it's just real superficial now. You've been ignoring Him. You've fallen away from Him. You've strayed from Him, and you know it, and the Holy Ghost is prompting you right now. If that's you and you want to rededicate, meet me up by the drum set. I just want to pray with you personally. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you want to learn more about that, I want you to come up to the drum set. And I want to talk to you about that and pray with you to receive the fullness of everything that God has for you. So you can be truly be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. A powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you need a physical healing. You need a miracle in your life. Maybe your family's going through a situation. Whatever it is. I want to invite you. If you need prayer for anything else, come up to this drum set area and I want to pray with you turn the music up let it play worship the Lord as the music plays and be determined to get rid of every enemy to the cross every hindrance to you taking up the cross of Jesus Christ if you're willing to let those things go come up to this altar and worship the Lord today just step out of your seat you're just saying to the Lord Lord I want to give you my all by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me and oh how he loves us so
salvation and he is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if grace is a notion we're all sinking <laughs> so heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest is so thick and tangible in this room tonight. And there are some of you here that have not encountered the love of God. And tonight God wants to encounter you and wants you to feel his love, his amazing love. Without it, these are just songs. These are just words. These are just instruments. Without the love of God, it's, it's just like we're just up here just making noise. But the love of God changes us. And we're never the same. We're never the same after we encounter the love of God. We're never the same after we encounter the love of God. And right now, if you haven't encountered the love of God, and you would know because you wouldn't be the same. You would never be the same again. And if you, if you want to encounter the love of God, to you guys. 
is obvious and knowledge free for all of us are. Your word leaves us with no excuse. The paths we choose make us who we are. There's a breeze blowing
Stretch your hands toward the camera right now. Trudy needs prayer for a good report on all of the tests. She needs strength. All right. She and her, and her family are watching right now. And that God would open a door for a job transfer. They would like to move down to the Big Rapids area. They want to be connected to what God's doing at RCC. So, Father, in the name of Jesus... Lord, we lift Trudy up to you that your healing power is flowing through her that every test that comes back, Lord God, that it would show an awesome result, Lord God, that it would show that she is the healed of the Lord. No weapon formed against her or her family shall prosper. And Lord God, so we just pray that your presence, your manifest presence and glory would penetrate every part of her physical body right now to bring healing and wholeness through our sister. And that strength, God, encamp her with your holy angels, Lord, that you would minister strength to her in this battle, in this trial. In Jesus' name, in all things, we are victorious. Amen, saints? And God, we pray for favor for Trudy and Dave, Lord, for job transfer. Lord, they want to be here with what you are doing in the Big Rapids area. God, we pray that you would meet the desires of their heart, that you would send forth your ministering spirits that would cause doors to be opened, that your favor would be upon them, that every provision would be met. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, thank you for watching today. We will be here next Sunday right there at revivalchristian.org. God bless you.